Um, so we started this last week. Who, here, who was here last week? Everybody show of hands. All right, good. So you guys got to see that we started this new series here together. And uh, as a church, as a whole, we are doing an on-mission push, which basically means that uh, we want to recognize that as believers, as Christians, as people that follow Christ, that our call is to go and tell others about Christ and what he's done for us on the cross, to tell them about salvation and the gift of the gospel that we have. And um, I think that is something that can be really hard, it's really tough, but if we can push through and be that light for our community, whether it's uh, Stowe, Kent, Cuyahoga Falls, Hudson, uh, wherever you guys live, that we have an opportunity to make an impact for the sake of the gospel. And we wanted to be able to bring that here uh, to Next to make sure that we are a part of it just as much as the rest of the church is. I think if we as the young adults here at Redemption Chapel can make a huge impact for the gospel and the communities around us, that we can help push our brothers and sisters in the same way. And so what we're doing with this series is uh, we want to learn what it looks like to have a missional mindset. Now we do a lot of training and a lot of learning and going through what it looks like to actually share the gospel, to have tools and things like that, that in our back pocket. And if you guys are nervous about that, if you don't know what those tools look like, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube page or our Spotify. We had a workshop a few months back uh, where actually Angela and Tyler, both two of our mentors, uh, they were able to be here and they told us a little bit about what it looks like to practically share the gospel. And with this series, what we are doing is this is more of what does it look like to go into the world and to always to be ready to be on mission. That we're willing to go out, we're going to say, I want to be able to be ready to share the gospel. I want to have the attitude that says, if I see an opportunity, I'm going to take it. That I don't want to miss out on these chances to speak life into those around us. And so that's what we're doing with this series. Last week, I had a chance to share with you guys a little bit about what evangelism is and where that comes from, not only in the word, but from within what God stirs in us. And today, we're going to look a little bit about what does it actually look like to have that mindset. And this is a five-week series, so we'll have a few weeks after this that'll dive into some more specifics. Um, but before today, I wanted to share a quick story. Um, so I've, I've been on quite a few mission trips. Um, some of them are with, with my job here at the church, but when I was in college, I had the opportunity to go to London, England a few times to uh, be able to talk to university students about Jesus. And those, were, those started out as really challenging times for me because I was kind of just in denial. I didn't want to do it. It was difficult. It was hard. It was awkward. And I was making all sorts of excuses. But by the last time I went, uh, I was sad that I had to come home. Um, I love the opportunities that I got to lead those teams and to be able to bring them over there and to have some really hard but really good conversations. And one of the things that we would do is we would always, it was with college students, so there would be freshmen through seniors there. And the, my senior year when I was in college, we had a handful of freshmen that were there with us. And what we would do is we would pair up and we would go out onto the campus and we would talk to people. We'd go up to them and say, hey, I'm from America. I'm here on my spring holiday, like just kind of talking to people and like learning a little bit about what they believe and where you're at. Can I sit down and talk with you? And London people, people from London, they typically uh, don't want to do those things, but they all have like that really nice, like posh British attitudes. They're like, oh, yes, you can have a seat with me. That's not actually how they said it, but that was my best uh, British accent I could give you. Uh, and so we, we would just go walk up to people, but we had this one freshman girl with us that was so quiet. 
And honestly, I give her a ton of credit for signing up because who, like, if you don't want to go out and just walk up to people and share the gospel with them, you probably wouldn't sign up. If you're a quiet person, you probably wouldn't sign up for a trip like this. But she did. And so when me and my other leader were divvying up who's going to be paired up with who, uh, she got paired up with me. And one of my favorite things to do on those trips is uh, I would make the person that was with me be the one that approached and went and talked to them. And uh, this was the funny thing, though, is we were walking and we saw this person, this this guy that was just sitting by himself on a bench on the campus. And we were walking up, we were walking past him and I, I saw him and I looked at him and like, he looked smart. He had some philosophy books with him. It was pretty intense. And uh, I looked at him. I was like, There's, that's going to be a toughie. That's going to be a hard conversation. Um, and as we were walking, this, little, this freshman girl next to me, she goes, we should go talk to that guy. And I said, really? <laughs> you want to talk to him? And she goes, yeah, we should talk to him. I was like, uh, no, nah, he, like, he looks like he's busy. He looks like he's doing homework. We don't we shouldn't bother him kind of thing. And she kept saying, no, 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 we should go talk to him. And I was like, all right, like if you want to go talk to him. I was like pushing back pretty hard, mostly because I was nervous, but I also didn't know what he was going to say. And so she went and she walked up to him and she said the whole thing, like hi, I'm from America, this is uh, yada, yada, this is what we're talking about. And the guy was like, you are what I've been waiting for all day. I've been looking for this conversation. I've been looking for somebody that was willing to talk to me, to hear me out that uh, he expressed loneliness and being in this big city, he was from another country and he was by himself and he just didn't know what to do. And we had a really good conversation and we got to hear about what his beliefs were and some, like, some very just kind of different things that he was going along with. And if she wouldn't have told me we should go talk to him, I don't know if I would have. And that was a moment I let fear get the best of me. I let this, this problem of saying, Ah, no, that's going to be hard. I don't want to do that. And from then on, I learned from that freshman girl that I did not miss any of those other conversations that we had for the rest of that week. I think that is all too common for us, that we want to, that we look out and we say, no, like, it's not worth it. This is going to be too hard. When in reality, we have to ask ourselves, "I, I think it is, right? I think it is worth it. And so today, what I want to look at are some practical ideas, things that I've had to remind myself and I've done my best to remind others to really figure out what it looks like to have a true missional mindset, to really go out into the world, to be ready to talk to others about Christ. And so the first one I want to look at is that we don't dodge opportunities, but we seek after them. We don't dodge opportunities, but we seek after them. One of the greatest barriers I think that we face on a daily basis is that we go go out and we miss opportunities to tell the people about Jesus. I think the easiest thing about that is because when we walk around, when we go out, we just like, we think that like, oh, like somebody else will get them. I don't need to do it. You know, I joked around last week, if you were here about, I think we are part of a generation that uh, we typically try to find ways to avoid social interaction when in uncomfortable moments. Or like when we're out in the world, we typically rather look at our phone than talk to the people around us. And uh, we often like go up to and say, we make those excuses, right? Like, oh, like, I, like I'm not, I, I don't need to talk to them. They look busy. They look like they're in the middle of something. Or they look, you look at them like, eh, that's going to be a tough one. Like, I don't. I don't, I don't think I can have that confrontation. Or you might be, if you think about somebody that you know, 
I think family members or people that you're close friends with can be some of the hardest people to share the gospel with because we often make these excuses and, all we, and we think like, my relationship is going to be forever ruined if, if this does not go well. We let fear take us over. We let fear be the thing that's central. We say that the fear is, go, is going to be enough that I'm, like, I'm going to say, no, it's not worth it because I'm going to be uncomfortable. Think about this with me, though. What if that was like the moment that they need to hear from you? What if it was like that story that I just shared? That they needed that in that moment and we missed it. It's hard to think about this because I don't want to have this, I, I want to have this attitude of saying, I'm willing to go out and talk to everybody, but this fear takes so much of my life. And I don't want us to ever say, it's more worth it to give into the fear than to share the life-saving message of the gospel with somebody. Don't miss out on these opportunities. Don't miss out on what it looks like when it, even if it's going to be hard or difficult or weird, because this could be one of those moments where this is life or death for them. This, was the, this could be the moment that they hear the gospel. Don't stifle the spirit, but let the spirit push you in those moments. The next thing I need to remind myself with of all the time is don't look to win arguments, but seek to point hearts. Common thing that people are worried about is that they don't know enough answers, that they don't know what it looks like to actually share the gospel, that, oh, if I go out like, and they ask me something really tough, I'm not going to know how to respond to that. And I think there's this interesting thing in our minds where we think, if I go out and somebody asks me something difficult, my job is to win a fight. It's to win an argument. My goal in this moment is obviously to prove that I have the best answer for this, and I'm going to say that whether you think you're right or not, I'm going to show you that I am better. And here's the thing. I believe that the gospel is enough. I believe it is the answer. I truly believe it. But if our attitude is to pick a fight and to win that fight, then our attitude is poor. It makes us sound like a jerk. Now, I will say sometimes we need to have that answer and we need to go to them and talk with them about it. But Hebrews says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is there to help us to understand, to give us the answers that we need. But if our goal is to win arguments, our attitude is in the wrong place. We're not here to win fights. God isn't here to win fights. He's here to win hearts. He's here for us to point others to him. We're not doing any changing. We're not working on this person's heart. We're not the one that's mending or fixing. That's not on us. Our job is just to tell them what Christ has done and to point them towards Jesus. The gospel is way more important than any fight you could ever want to win with somebody. We're going through Jeremiah after the series. I'm excited about it. I'm also a little nervous because that book is tough. But uh, we will, um, we're going to jump in, but there's this passage uh, in chapter 24. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. God was never about winning these fights or winning these arguments. He's always been about the heart. He's always been about understanding what it looks like to have his people back, to have his creation. 
That's what he wants first, is he wants the hearts of the people that are around, that are around us. He wants us to tell people about what he has done. Now, going along with this, this is another reminder that I think that we definitely need. Because we don't get wrapped up in one issue, but remember always that Christ comes first. I want to address briefly this area of what it looks like to actually tackle these conversations. And I think we have this mindset that we have to, if there's a big issue in their lives or if there's a th- something that we know is sin, that we have to fix that thing first. That we have to go after that thing and tackle it. The, the one that always sticks in my mind, especially for where we're at as a church in America, is sexuality. That like once we, once we hear that somebody is gay or we hear that somebody sleeps around a lot or we hear that they're living a lifestyle that the Bible obviously doesn't approve of, that our first goal is to go and fix that problem. And I think we see more damage in that than anything. That's not missionally minded. That's being corrective. That's trying to fix a problem that we can't fix. Hear me when I say this, that, that correction, it does need to happen, that God will work in their heart to, to do something about that. But if our first intent is to go after that, then we're missing the point of the gospel. Jesus always comes first. So if we're talking to somebody when it comes to uh, one of these conversations, and if we stick with this idea of sexuality because it is so prevalent in our world whether it's how they identify or whether they're sleeping around or even uh, the touchy subject of do you live together with with your significant other before you get married. When these things pop up, these are such taboo topics in the church that we get nervous and we're like, we have to figure what this thing, we have to figure this out or else you're never going to be able to come to Jesus. That's not true. If If they haven't come to Jesus, if they don't have faith, You have a bigger problem there that you need to get to first. Otherwise, all of your convincing and your pointing fingers and saying that they're wrong is going to go out the window. It's not going to work. There's a bigger issue at heart that we need to understand. We need to recognize that Jesus needs to work to change our heart, to regenerate us before we can even start thinking about what does it look like to start correcting these sin issues. We, we need to remember that Jesus is bigger in these moments. That he will point in the right direction. Something else that I need us to remember is that we don't judge first, but remember what you were saved from. This weird, like, Americanized way of understanding, uh, especially with, when it comes to this conversation, that if there's somebody that is obvious, that feels like they're so far gone then that there's no hope for them, that we look at them and say, oh, those person problems, those are pretty big. I don't know if they're going to actually have a chance to, to be with Jesus. It's pretty jacked up, right? Jesus says this, judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you seek the speck in your brother's eye and do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. There's, the value of this passage is, is very real. That 
when you look at your brother or sister in Christ, or in this context even, you look at somebody that doesn't follow Christ, that when you see, if you look and all you see is their issue, their problem, that sin struggle that they have, but you're ignoring, ignoring what's in yours, then you've got to take a step back and realize, I think I need to fix something. I think there's a problem with me. And there is. We're all sinful. We're all broken. You might look at somebody and think about the fact that they like to party and they like to get wasted and they like to sleep around kind of thing. And you look at them and you're like, that's pretty messed up. I don't know if they're ever going to like, I don't know if like faith is a thing that they'd be interested in. They're probably too far gone. And then as you're saying that or as you're thinking that, you're ignoring the porn that you watch in secret when you go home. That you're ignoring this thing when there's something that is so obvious in front of you, but you obviously have something that you need to work through as well. We've all been there. I understand that. I've been there. We all have sin problems. We all struggle in different ways. And there's grace for that. Christ gives grace. God gives grace in those moments. But hear me when I say this, that we need to remember the Savior, and we need to remember what we were saved from and allow that to be humility that comes out of us when we talk to others. That we're not motivated by this thing that we think we're better because we have, that we have Jesus, but to recognize that I needed saving too. I still need saving. I still need sanctifying. That once they have changed hearts, then we can work and see what that sanctification looks like, but we need to recognize that we've been there. This next thing I want to talk about is to not talk your way out of a situation, but listen to them. I think we hear this a lot. We hear this, hear this probably a fair amount, right? That listening is a good thing. We want, to be, we want to listen to people. And as much as you could say that, the inclination is still that when we go and when we talk to people, we're typically just thinking and processing, this is what I want to say once this person is done talking. We've missed completely everything that they've said. This is just very uh, a do- dominating and kind of understanding that like, well, I have the best option. I have the best attitude. I have the best opinion. So you're probably going to want to hear from me. The reality check is they're probably thinking the same thing. And the Bible actually talks a lot about listening. Uh, Proverbs talks a lot, a lot about it. Proverbs 18 says it a couple times. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Verse 13 If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We're called to listen. We're called to hear people. We're called to have conversations with people. That our, our goal is not just to dump all this stuff on them and say, all right, bye. That our goal should be, let's hear this person out. Let's have a dialogue. What do you believe? Tell me where you're at with this. What do you struggle with this? How, why is this hard for you to grasp? Why is this hard for you to wrap your head around? Have a conversation. Have a back and forth. Listen to them. If it means that you have to sit there, listen to them, have about five seconds to process, and then respond, that's more caring than just trying to have an immediate response afterwards. And think about if it was you. If somebody was just looking at you and they were just talking at you and dumping all this stuff on you, you would probably hate it. I would hate it. I, don't blame, I wouldn't blame you. Now imagine how that would feel if you just went to them and said, hey, you're pretty messed up. Let me tell you about Jesus. You know? And just start pouring everything out. 
We are not here to just shove things down people's throats, but like we talked about last week, we're here to love and care for God's creation to the point that we show them something better. Last thing that I want us to see is that we should always be ready to make an account. We, like I said before, I always talk to people that say, I feel like I'm not prepared. I feel like I'm not ready. I don't know enough. Like My knowledge isn't there. If I went up to somebody, I wouldn't know what to say. I'm not equipped. And I say those feelings are valid. I understand those. There could be hard questions that pop up. There are things that, that will go around. You'll say, oh, I don't actually know the answer to that question. And that could be scary. But our calling is to actually go and be ready to make that account. But I think it looks a little bit differently than what we have in our heads. First Peter says this, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. This passage is largely about persecution and uh, people in the church, but the idea that he's trying to get across to people is that we have to understand that when we have the gospel, we have enough. You have been given life through Christ's work on the cross. If you have faith in him, if you are following him, you have been given life. That you should be, you can, if you truly understand the gospel, that you can go up to somebody and tell them, hey, I know you're messy. I'm messy. There's sin. Things are hard. We go to things all the time that we that we want to, that feel like they'll fill us when in reality they don't. I want to tell you right now that God sent his son to be the perfect example, the perfect man, that he's truly God, truly man, fully God, fully man. He walked this perfect life, that he gave this, he gave this life that was sinless, and then he went to the cross and he died, and he sacrificed for the people that would put their faith in him so that he would take on their sins. And best, the best part is that he defeated death so that we can be with him for eternity. If you heard that and you're like, that stuff sounds foreign to me, or I don't know if I could deliver that, I encourage you to take a step back and really look at your own heart. Do you understand the gospel? I, if, if you heard that and you're like, I've never heard that before, talk to your small group leader, talk to me, talk to one of the, other, the mentors that's in this room. We would love to have that conversation of what the real gospel looks like. And if you have heard that before, then you are prepared to make an account for your faith. That is enough. That the ask is that we are supposed to give a reason for the hope that is in you. That is the hope that's in you. I love learning. I love knowing. I like I love to give some of that harder stuff and some of those deeper facts and what that looks like. I love to dig in and let knowledge be something that fuels my love for God, but you don't need that to share the gospel with people. It's good. It's helpful. I don't think you should stop just at the gospel, but you're not disqualified if you don't know a bunch of other big terms or how to answer every question. You're qualified because you have received faith and your call now is to go out and tell others about Christ. What it looks like to have a missional mindset is to go out and always be ready to tell others about Jesus. That you look for opportunities, you seek after those. You don't get hung up on these big things or these big problems, these big issues, because their life, their heart is worth it. And that's hard. That's hard. And so what I want to tell you guys right now is those were a lot of hard points 
Those are things that I've had to work through that I'm still working through. And you guys might feel hung up on some of those. So those might be big barriers for you. Talk through those in your small groups. One of the questions I, uh, I wanted to make sure your small group leaders talk through is that I want you guys to make a goal that this week you find an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. Whether it's the barista at Starbucks or it's your roommate, whoever it is though, I want you to take that challenge and run with it. Tell them about Jesus. Be faithful in that way. I would love to hear stories about that next week. But with that, we're going to go into small groups in, uh, in a minute, but I want to pray for us so you guys bow your heads. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we get to take this challenge of your gospel to go out into the world and to tell others about your son and what he's done on the cross. Let us never forget that. Let, us never, let it never be something that is, that is passive or that we forget, but that we ultimately will lean into what it looks like to truly share the truth of your gospel with those around us. And ultimately, it's because of your son is working the cross. And I thank you for that. Hear my prayer. Amen.